This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alec the Third. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, superheroes, and those seeking to become. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This episode features Paco Lozano Weiss. Um, Paco is an actor. Uh, he's been in New York for some time, and he's done some very notable things, um, which we'll get into or we'll get into in the conversation. Um, if you watch Marvel, he's popped up in a couple of Marvel shows and a number of network shows, and yeah, you'll you'll be seeing more of him coming soon uh, when we all get back to work. Hopefully, um, we're gonna get through this thing. Uh, Seriously, though, I am super grateful right now. I feel really pretty okay, pretty good right now. Um, like a lot of you listening, especially if you're in arts in New York City and you're also uh, in the bar and restaurant scene and you have been unemployed for the past few months and now uh, unemployment the PUA benefits have run out for the time being. It is a scary time. We live in New York City. It is a very expensive city, and so it is rather stressful to say the least. But overall, I feel very grateful. I feel very clear. Um, I feel like I know kind of what my purpose is, and I feel like I'm, I'm on my path you know, like there's a lot of work to do, but I feel like I I have a clear vision of where I want to go, where I am, and I'm grateful for the opportunities and the moment and just every day getting up and doing my best and having that clarity of purpose makes it feel like no matter what happens, um, no matter what struggles can and will come, I look forward to the lessons that they're going to teach and part of the reason that I have that clarity of purpose is the community that I've uh, been able to meet, connect with, build, um, and be welcomed into. Um, so thank you to everybody who is a part of my community. And if you are listening to this, I consider you a part of my community. I hope you consider me a part of yours. Um, if there's anything I can contribute, I'm always happy and eager to. And... Paco Lozano Weiss, um, he is an actor who is also a part of Shelter Theater Company. And Shelter is a great name for that company. I've had several guests on it before. Uh, you can look back. I've had Mike Kingsbaker, one of the co-founders. Uh, very recently, I had uh, Megan and Morgan. Um, they're two current leadership people. Um, I had Kate Cortelio or Cortelio, depending on how you want to say it. Um, I've had a, I've had many different shelter people, so um, shout out to all of you, but shout out to the company. The shelter really is a haven. Um, it's a safe and sacred place for development, um, and I know that it was also that for Paco, my guest today, um, but he was somebody who I walked in. He's just a few years older than me, um, similar type energy like you know we have our own unique backstories but I kind of immediately related to him and aspired to learn from him as an actor like he's a phenomenal phenomenal actor and just a very warm 
open-hearted human being. So um, I think I could go on and on, but I think uh, we have a great conversation here. And one of the things we do talk about is if you're feeling bad right now, it's okay if you're feeling bad. I'm not happy that you're feeling bad, but whatever you're feeling um, is valid. And at the same point, if you're feeling good right now, don't be ashamed about it. You know, just be grateful. So all about gratitude. I'm going to get off my little soapbox for today and uh, kick this over to a great conversation that I had with Paco Lozano Weiss. Let's have a conversation. If we're officially started, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. To you. Yeah, I think so. Great. Um, it's good to see you, man. Likewise, likewise. How have you um, been? I've been really, really good for the most part. You know what Weird, I mean? Right? Like, Same. Uh, me too, for the most part. And I also, I, I don't know about you. I feel this sense of like shame or guilt, like being good in such a horrible time in our life. That's me. Um, I've felt that at different sort of stages. But yeah, I also feel like I just learning to adjust. No, you know, I don't feel shame about it because I feel and I know you can speak to this. um, uh, I feel like I've beaten myself up enough in the past. And so I'm really trying to not do that anymore. Not saying that I don't at all. Like I still have some demons that I have to slay and or will always have to battle. But yeah, I really um look at it like if i'm doing okay or if i'm doing well then i just try to make space and be there for my friends that are maybe struggling through this i i love that i could not relate more and i it's funny i i would say i'm very similar to that i was just talking to somebody who you know is a sort of spiritual guide of mine etc who i've known for many years and just was recognizing that it, it, it's an old narrative. The, the, for me, it's this undeserving aspect of like abundance. And I wouldn't say shame is sort of like a more encompassing thing, but it's just a very specific, like, Oh, do I deserve this? And it was just nice to be like, Oh, that's coming up. But I, I know that I do. And, uh, and then also to check in cool. And then what have I been doing for other people? just to talk about that or, or even in like my own smaller orbit doesn't have to be for me anyways, it doesn't have to be this like monumental, massive uh, global thing. It can just be like, where have I been helpful and useful mm-hmm. just this past week? So, but it was nice to, to have this conversation this morning while my yeah. son who's 18 months old was playing in the park and, and maybe trying to swallow a pebble or wasn't sure if he wanted to swallow a pebble and Macon, who you know, was on the phone, uh, but it was just, it was a lovely... 18 months. Just I was going to ask, because in my head, I was going to ask you, um, is he almost a year now? But yeah, he's, he's coming exactly up on two. Halfway between, yeah, he's halfway between one and two, and it's, um, it's wild, man. He's got, he's got, I love, I'm a numbers guy. I'm, an, I'm a lot of things guy, but I, I, I love numbers, and he has... Uh, Macon's sister, Katrin, who they have this affinity for each other, my son Galileo and her. Uh, so my wife's sister, his aunt, uh, she has his half birthday and he has hers. So 
she just celebrated a birthday on his half birthday and we always sort of love that about them. She's July 3rd, he's January 3rd. So every six months, one of them celebrates a birthday and it's kind of special, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 18 months, it's crazy. He's saying he has, I think now it's, it's so funny, every day it seems to grow. He's got 12 or 13 words that he's learned and can repeat and you say to him, and all but one are in Spanish. And I am oh, nice. I only speak to him in Spanish. Oh, great. Yeah. And that's been this pandemic. This has been one of the many silver linings for me. I'm unemployed from my restaurant work. Me I too. Do have, yeah. I do yeah. have uh, office hours that I've cultivated mm-hmm. uh, three days a week. And that's been a game changer for me as an artist and an actor. Um, and, but, but my wife works from home, making works from home. And, and her private practice is doing really well. So, but one of the silver linings has been this just incredible amount of, of quality time. time oh, it's yeah. Just, it's been magical. Uh, and it's, it's, been, it's been really beautiful. I mean, we, we, I actually got just, even when I was working, I feel like I've always been in a just really nice situation compared to maybe other parents and, and what I hear about. So, but this has been, this has been one of the great aspects of, uh, of being in quarantine and being on lockdown, you know? Mm-hmm. How were you doing that before? Cause me and my wife have had conversations recently. Like we have to kind of About maybe right? decide. And it's kind of been a thing up until this point that we didn't necessarily want kids, even though it's not that we, we're not people that don't like kids. We like kids fine. We have a couple of dogs um, but we were kind of of the mind, like she started a business a few years ago um, and I'm an artist. So not having the responsibility is nice, but also similarly to um, going from a guy who enjoyed being single to like settling down, getting married, like, we've we've had the dog the older dog for like almost nine years now there's a great benefit that i found from that which when i was single i loved my freedom and stuff like that but i've found i've grown a lot mm-hmm. with like this relationship so i'm sure having a kid but it's kind of in my head the thing that's scary is like what how do we how do we do it so how what happens? how did you do it <laughs> what well, I, I also, I just want to say first, because I didn't know this, and nobody's going to be able to see, but the whole time you've been, you've been telling me this, as you can look at me, I've just been like, it just makes me so happy that you guys are having this conversation. I don't think, I, I just want to be clear, I, I don't think parenting is for everybody at all, mm-hmm. but I think there are so many parents, or parents-to-be, who are unsure, just as we were unsure, who then have kids, I'll speak for myself. I have, I've always wanted to be a dad and Macon knew this about me. Macon was never sure she wanted to be a mom. Um, but once we had him, even when it's been really hard and sometimes it gets really hard, I'll, again, I'll just speak for myself. It just, he, he, hmm, how do I say this? Uh, to just like, just be honest, he, I have such a purpose, mm-hmm. love, 
the meaning of life for me, uh, my journey, my, my goals, even though I don't, I'm not a goal guy, like, like in the, but just sort of like my calling, I'll say, um, being in the present moment, he has, his existence has manifested such a, an in, a previously uncon, inconceivable understanding of, of all of that. It, it really is, it's crazy. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard to just explain, but I know what, I know you, I, I mean, I'm explaining it, but it, it's, it's really like, I didn't, I remember my first six months, I felt like that dad because I was so in love with being a dad, but I also knew it was really hard for my, it was harder for my wife than it was for me. I think that's fair to say as often as the case. Um, she was and still is nursing him. And, um, and you know, and, and <laughs> it's her body that produced him. But I was, I was so in love with being a dad. And she is also, too. She loves being a mom. But it's just we've had different journeys. But um, I remember thinking, like, oh, man, I, I'm now telling other people the thing that people used to tell me, tell me that I was just like, yeah, you're just saying that. And the truth is, I'm not just saying that. Like, it's just this kid is so unbelievably special. It's just and it's really crazy. Like he's talking now and, and he's developing uh, a sense of, of independence and, and wanting to make his not independent. It is independence. Like you see that, but also he's so incredibly dependent on us as he should be. He's 18 months old and there's this personality that's coming out. Uh, I guess like to get back to your question, how do I, I don't, I never, I'm the type of person and Macon is not this person. I think it's fair to say, I don't know that I had a, plan for this mm -hmm. we made the decision her mom was dying um i don't know if you knew this her mom was dying uh the year that her first full-length play the other kids ran away which i got to be in uh were you with us at the shelter then i don't know that i no, was. i don't think so because it was it was so it was the summer of 2017 yeah um, that's like right before i yeah or actually that like i might have joined right kind of after that actually yeah so it was actually the day after opening night um macon's mom called her and she was the last sibling to know she didn't want to it was very sad then but now like many things in life uh there's just a lot of beauty for me even through that sadness and pain she didn't want to dampen her opening night because she had gotten news that her cancer had returned that had been um uh that had been in remission for over 10 years, breast cancer, and it had returned and it was terminal. And at that point she, she was pretty sure she only had a few months to live, maybe longer. She ended up having a little bit longer. Um, she passed uh, in early January, January 7th, I believe. Um, but, uh, so that was 2017. But that year we had been talking about the possibility of having a kid. Now, I didn't, I never had like a plan. Oh, if Macon says yes, then I'm going to do this and this and that. I will say like I became over the course of those years and also just because of my own personal sort of growth, I became more willing to do things. Uh, I had become like health insurance. We had to, I had to get that. I couldn't, 
you know, that, that was a year, a couple of years before we decided to have the kid. Like I just could, even if it was expensive, I, I, I didn't want to play that game anymore, you know, and then, and then other things, but, um, but yeah, there's been a lot of just putting all my faith in, in this universe, you know, in, in, in my higher power. Um, and it's, 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 it's been a huge payoff for, for, for me and for us emotional and, uh, in this just abundance, that comes back. You get, you, I've just gotten so much back from this. Uh, he, he gives, they give so much these babies and these, anyways, I feel like I sound like one of those, one of those people right now, but it's okay because it's all true for me, you know? Um, but I don't know if you were maybe referring to time, like (laughs) time. Um, it's like for me, and I, I know you can speak to this and I'm curious to hear you speak to this in general, like about the kid, not just about the kid, but about your journey as far as like, for me, when I joined shelter, like it was through Michael Kingsbaker and yeah. about a year before that. And like, I got married and it was during that same year that we were going to get married that I decided after about a five year hiatus from acting like where I was doing music, like I have a band and so I was doing a whole other thing. So I wasn't completely not like, not, I wasn't like completely quit art or something. Like I was exploring another thing, but for me acting was and is, but for me, walking away from it after five years and then deciding to come back to it, realizing that that part of myself as an artist is like a part of who I am. But for me, actually, the, it's hard because there's a part of me, again, about the beating up thing, there's a part of me that sometimes beats myself up when I go back and look at my past mistakes. However, I know that now... Of course, if I could learn these things sooner, I would, but you learn things when you learn them. And for me, I do feel like now I have just a healthier relationship to acting. Like I know why I want to do it and I know how I want to pursue it. And for me, like shelter is kind of embodies the whole approach. Like it's about community for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about, showing up in service to the work. It's about all of these things that kind of, I had some selfish shit to work out with when I was younger. Yeah. But now like, I sort of feel like I have this new balance in the approach and similar to like what you're saying. And also like I decided after like a few years of feeling this January, like I've been sober since January and like that yeah, is like a whole part of, it's all part of this process of just like wanting to show up differently. Yeah. But, but I, yeah, then I just don't know what that would look like if I were to be in partnership with bringing another life into the world. Like how do I show up for both? Well, and I, I'll, I'll only speak to me and, and, and I think you know this about me, but since it came up and I'm, I just celebrated 12 years sober last month. So, and, it's something I love that you and me share that now. Uh, it's just so beautiful for me. I, I didn't, there was so many times when for me, I, uh, 
how am I going to show up? And I, I didn't have the answer. I couldn't, I couldn't, I wanted the answer and I wanted to know, and I wanted to have a plan. And it just was so clear to me that I didn't have the answer at the time, but I could trust and know and rely that the answers would come when I needed them. And I'll give you, so I'll give you an example. So the, the day in terms of my son, because it's funny, I, I think I'd, I, I knew that you'd taken a break from acting, but I love hearing about your journey and I'd love to share with you. I, I also took a, it was a four year hiatus and I came back. The shelter was one of, was my biggest sort of mm -hmm. uh, doors back in. But the, but the day, the night my son was born, was a Thursday, January 3rd, 2019. Uh, we didn't get much sleep those first 24 hours. I got to, I had a little bit of sleep. My wife was, she had all this adrenaline running through her. Um, and it was really beautiful and really crazy. And then, but at one point in the middle of the night, he was sleeping and me and my wife were talking. And I, I had a, 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 I had had this when we found out we were having a boy, like in her office when she was like, three or four months pregnant. But I then had this just, it was so painful and so scary. And so like, it was this volcanic sort of deep rooted fear that just erupted. And I was in tears talking to my wife. I was keeping it low because, you know, he was asleep and we were in a shared hospital room, but I had this just horrible fear of what if I, what if I'm not a good father for my son? Like what, what if, I end up being a bad dad. How am I gonna be, what if I don't know how to be a good father? And it was so scary because I'd wanted to be a dad. And he was like, I don't know, eight hours old. And I'm sitting there in this puddle of tears and my wife is holding space for me, which is just even, I can't even comprehend that now seeing that she had gone through, uh, you know, her labor relative to other women was, uh, incredible in terms of time. I mean, he was born naturally and she labored for about six hours. So we're well aware that it could have been so much worse. And, and luckily we did not run into any major complications. I mean, he had the cord wrapped around his neck and but as he was coming out, they, they took it right off and his extremities were a little blue and that was a, maybe a little scary, but there was nothing major. It was a really incredible birth. Like watching my son be born. I just know, I, I mean, maybe if we have another kid, maybe, but if, if like my life ended today, there will, the, 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 the most incredible thing I will have ever witnessed was watching uh, my son come into this planet, like watching his life commence uh, and being born and, and, my, and my wife giving birth to him. There's just nothing will even come close comparing that. But it was, but it, so it was really crazy that eight hours after that, I was going through this, just, I couldn't, I, I had no control over this eruption of the sadness and fear of, being a bad dad. And, and luckily for me, my wife is my best friend. I could talk to her about it. I trust it. I think some dads go through that. Some moms go through that and they can't speak to their partners or maybe they don't have people in their life to talk to. Luckily, like the person sitting right across from me was naked and I could talk to her about it and she held space for me and it passed and that feeling passed. And I knew, Oh, I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to be a good dad. I can just focus on today. And I can just know that there are going to be times when I am going to be a crappy dad. And that's mm -hmm. like some great advice that I've been given. Um, and there have been, but I'm learning as I go, but something really crazy for me, I will say 
uh, I mean, you mentioned, well, I had the experience of like within, somebody told me like within 48 hours, you're just going to have all of a sudden acquired all these dad skills that are sort of innate and you'll, and I, 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 I think a version of that happened to me. Like you don't just know what to do, but all of a sudden it's like, you're just thrust into being a, a parent, a father. And it's just like, it's just, it was just my reality. It was suddenly my existence and it's wild. It's crazy. But, um, but you know, really what, what a huge turning point for me was like three, four, five, six weeks in my first time spending time, just me and him, just me and him and how scary that was because he's nursing and he cries if mom isn't around sometimes. And, and, but me and him were bonding and we'd spend time together, just me and him in the first three weeks. But, but I remember one night Nakin finally went to go see a show. Um, and, and we were both really excited about it. I was scared. She was scared. She was nervous. I was nervous, but she went to go see a show, a show by uh, a Jessica Dickey. Um, and I think he was, I don't know, I think he was like four weeks old, maybe five weeks old. And she always tells, it's such a funny story because I, I was able to get him to go down to sleep, right? And we'd, we'd done bottle training, bottle feeding, and that had gone pretty well. And that was very emotional for me in a beautiful way. Like, oh my God, I'm able to feed him milk in the bottle. Some babies don't, mm -hmm. will not take it from dad, even if they have mom's milk in the bottle. And, but then he woke up and I couldn't, and I had all the tips from the doula and I couldn't calm him. He was crying and crying and I, I had him close to me and, you know, we were in it together. I, I, I did my best and Nakin came home and, she, and he was calm eventually, but she said that uh, I was on the bouncy ball and I had rings around my eyes and it looked like me and him had been through World War Three. <laughs> And at the time, like, I didn't think that was funny then. She laughed when she came in. I was just like, oh, my God, I've ruined our son. Like, that's such a thing in early. Like, oh, my God, I permanently damaged him. I've broken him. That's not, no, that didn't happen. Um, I mean, if it did, it's like, he's doing awesome. <laughs> but no, that didn't happen. But I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I wish, I don't wish. I, I don't, I, I used to have what you allude to sometimes you wish you could go back and I have that's one thing I've really has transformed in the last I think since like 2012 um is that regrets that I carried about certain aspects of my life I, I for the most part I get to see those things is they, they just built the life for me that I have today like right damage that I caused other people because I have other people that I harmed that I care deeply about or whether it was a harm that I caused myself because I have. Um, but I, I no longer uh, regret those things. I don't carry the regret. I can have like flashes and I can mm -hmm. have pockets of, uh-oh, what's going on here? But yeah, but it was, it's, uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you what was helpful for me to hear. And it's just so true to me. All the, there, there were things that were semi-important in my life before my son was born. Those things have just, I don't even think about those things anymore. Semi-important. The things that were really important to me are even more important to me. And there is time for all of it. So a lot of the semi-important things were taking up a lot of time. And those, almost all of them, not, yeah, almost all of them are just, yeah, no, 
You know, the people who are really important to me are in my life. There are people who I don't have time to see who are important to me. It's not to say that because I don't, um, but man, having a kid really just makes everything so clear. My acting career, uh, I had some fear around that, but I also knew that I could trust that this kid, you know, I, I was grateful to have friends in my life. You've met a few of them, Sean O'Hagan's, who are mm-hmm. like, he is going to make you a better actor. And that is, let me tell you, my friend, that is so fucking true. Sorry for swearing. I didn't have to swear in this household. There's no parameters on this show. No, I know. I'm just, I'm in my house. I mean, my son's taking up with my wife. But, oh my God, it's so true. And it's not just like, it's not just like, oh, the improvement of skills. No, he makes me a better actor because he makes me a better human. And because his existence, like, it's just, it's wild. It's, uh, it's, it's really wild. It's really, uh, I, I was, let me see if I can find this thing that I was sharing, a friend of mine was sharing. Um, you know, Kate, right? Kate Corleo or Cortelio? Yeah, yeah, Cortelio. <laughs> I was sending her a picture of Galileo and I shared with her. I said, um, I had a thought recently, it was pretty profound because we were exchanging stuff about, you know, acting the way like us, when we get close to each other and we each have our own sort of shifts in perspective about these crazy journeys. And she was just sending this sweet note about how beautiful my son was and how happy she was. I had had some, something had happened that was positive in my acting life. And I said, I had a thought recently and it was pretty profound. Acting success has not brought me happiness. It's happiness that has brought me acting success. Yeah. And it's, and that's that for a long time, that was a really tough pill for me to swallow um it really was because that's so my first go around at acting you know i, I got my msa I, 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 my career was very promising I, I moved to new york i did a show a big show with mother courage in 2006 uh with meryl streep and kevin klein and a lot of other really well-known actors and i became friends with them but my life was so out of control my life was so out of control i was so immature and i and i i had no perspective I couldn't even like listen to that inner sort of compass of mine like what do I want what do what do I feel I need um what are my my principles here what and it was just I was I'm grateful I had those that experience and some other experiences but that was the last thing I did and then I took a break from acting for about four years was there something that led you to the break that you uh, remember alcohol and drugs that Mm. was a that was a a big part of it. Um, that was probably the fact that I just could not stop drinking. And, and I, and then I had been in a relationship with a woman who, uh, I thought was the one. And at some point maybe she thought was the one. And and for a little bit of time, the relationship was good and great, right? but then it wasn't, it got so bad. And, And I take responsibility for so much of that. Although, you know, well, it's two people. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, I, I know that so much of that was me. Right. Mm-hmm. And it basically it was just, I wasn't even, I didn't even know who, who I was then. I could tell you like, Oh, I want this. I want that. And I'm going to do this. But I, I did, I couldn't even answer I, to have a conversation. Like, who am I? Like, I didn't know that, it, I, you know, so I'm like 29, 30 on the verge of 30 and then turn 30. And on my 30th birthday, I decided to go to Fonstock state, national park 
uh, upstate New York, I believe, by myself on my 30th to go find myself in the forest, um, in the woods. I'm like the most novice camper ever. I didn't even know what I was doing. I went out there with a, a sorry, this thing is doing a weird thing. You can see me, right? Yeah, I can see you. I went out there <laughs> with, I still have this. I'm, I'm actually going to get rid of it finally because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to use. This. I have this uh, backpack, this, you know, traveling backpack. And on my 30th birthday, I go out there and I didn't find myself. I came back and I then hosted a 30th birthday party with my now ex, uh, my best friends, kind of, although it's people that I would see and I was just, I was a disaster, man. I was such a disaster. I, I, I wasn't, yeah, I was just so far from like, I just didn't know. I didn't know what was happening. And then after that breakup sort of was the catalyst for so many other, I'm doing air quotes, because at the time they felt horrible, horrible things happening in my life. Got fired from uh, a really great waiting tables job where I'd been dating that girl. She broke up with me, um, that woman. She broke up with me. And then my grandmother passed away um, in February of uh, January of the next year, 2008. And then I had a couple of profound uh, spiritual experiences um, that led me to making some major life decisions. The, the biggest that year them was knowing that I needed to find help for my drinking and, and, and pot usage, you know, when I say drugs, it was pot. Um, and the help was there. The people were there. Um, it's really amazing. I just think regardless of what we struggle with in this planet, I, and I, don't, I can only speak for myself, but I know a lot of people have had this experience. So I, I know there's probably people who are maybe may not have this around them, but the moment I became willing to like, ask for help and, and put my trust in people who maybe had something that I wanted. It was like angels flooded in, you know? Um, and, and, and a lot changed that year. A lot changed that year. I, you know, I started this whole new life without alcohol, without drugs. Oh, it was so amazing. I'm so happy. But then it was like, Oh my God, this is so, it's hard to, and also then, well, okay, what am I going to do about my life? Like, because uh, there, I also just had so much stuff that was carrying over from the previous days, financial stuff and whatever. And the answers came slowly. But Mike, uh, speaking of Michael Kingsbaker, he was one of those people in my orbit who I met. I met him around March of the following year, 2009. And then I had met my wife two months before that. My, my, then she was just Macon. I had met Macon. <laughs> um, me and her dated a little bit that summer of 2009, a year later. Uh, then we didn't date. She said, I'm, I'm not attracted to you. I just want to be friends. I had like a huge personal moment of growth. Something in me said, tell her thank you for your honesty and that you would like to be friends. I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. I was able to not be this passive aggressive dick. I was able to just have some humility and I was sad because I thought we were supposed to date, but we weren't. Well, I didn't know that then we were, but just not then. And I didn't know that. So it was one of those things we talk about this in the acting journey a lot. Uh, I, she, I wasn't ready for a relationship. She wasn't ready for a relationship and this relationship I couldn't have known then it actually was going to happen. It's just not then. 
but it, and I think I, the, old, the space got created because I suddenly started being able to have these totally different uh, reactions and how I behaved in my life to this horrible news of like, we went on a couple of dates for two weeks. I thought it was good. And she said, no, I'm, I, I, I just want to be friends. And I was able to receive that news and be sad about it and then go on my way. And then, you know, four months later, she's texting me, Hey, how are you? I've been thinking about you this. And then we went on like seven, eight, maybe more actually 10, 12 friendship excursions, did yoga, went to go see theater. I was thinking about acting. I had taken an acting class from Austin Pendleton because I had called my agent and I said, I'm thinking about getting back in the game. He's like, take an acting class. I took that. He's like, just start getting your chops back. That was okay. But I didn't have community. Did mm-hmm. not have community. Real, like not in, not in the, I, I had it in my sober life. I had it in my spiritual life. I didn't have it in my artistic life. And, and Michael was there. Macon was there. They were both part of this theater company, The Shelter. I don't know if you've heard this story. I had a plan. I went to go see their first full production. It was their second thing, but it was their first full production uh, 356, and I brought my uh, ex-roommate, Monica Hunkin, to try and make Macon jealous because she was <laughs> tall, blonde, beautiful. I mean, I, I also brought her because I wanted to see her. And if she heard this, she'd probably be like, oh my God. I think I've told her. We've laughed about it. But um, yeah, there was just still like some old stuff. And yeah, I was trying to get like a read and it was very immature. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, nothing really happened from that. But me and Megan had been in touch. And then, and then one day we went on a date. And then it was like a date date. And uh, we started dating. And we fell in love. And it was scary. And I started going to the shelter. And that was really scary. Uh, because I had, I had missed I missed acting so much that it hurt. And then being in that room was both scary and relieving. But I, I knew I was at home. Just like very much like you've described. There was something that was happening on Shelter Sundays that I couldn't describe. Um, and, and that helped me for such a long time. Like very slowly my acting career started getting, it was just a, this new version of my acting career started um, yeah. revealed, you know? Yeah, like there's something about like for me like that the experience of walking into a room where it's like you feel the sense of community like kind of right away and like the level of writing, the level of acting and like the level of like vulnerability they're just like all there and not for the purpose of I mean of course it's like for the like everybody individually has their own dreams, goals, aspirations, whatever those things are. But it's like the work is like pure there. So it's, and that's kind of how I want to approach auditions. You know, sometimes I'm better than others, but it's like, I know similar to what you said, it's like, I'm a better actor. I'm not, not always, it's like not every day am I happy, but overall, like if I'm a healthy, like mentally healthy person that walks into a room and I can just purely show up and do my best work, then it's like, it's basically like, I know now 
and it's always been true, but I couldn't see it when I was younger that I might not get that role that I'm specifically auditioning for, Mm -hmm. but in the long run by like showing up and sharing work with people with a release of the outcome, it's like that specific outcome might not be, but there are other things like things come in very strange ways. Like it's like rarely you go in and, and sometimes, yeah, you go in and you get the thing you audition for, but a lot of times it's like you get called in for something else that you didn't know about. I mean, it is that I could not agree more. I could not agree more. And that's been my, I had like, how old you, is it okay to ask you how old you yeah. are? So I'm going to turn uh, 39 in August. Young. I mean, I say that cause I'm 42. Uh, yeah, you're so much, so much older than me. <laughs> well, no, cause I was thinking about, I was just thinking while you were telling me that mm. I, at some point in my mid thirties, and I think this applies regardless of how old we are, if we have this very specific experience, which some people have, I had this, it was like my early to mid thirties. It was like, I think I was like 34, 35. And my acting career was starting to happen again in a different way. And I was, I, I, in 2014, I was back on stage at, for Shakespeare in the Park at the Public. And that was like, that was truly extraordinary. Because I, wow, I'm not stoned for these performances. I'm not going to poker clubs in the middle of the night. I have, Macon is my girlfriend. We're getting, we were getting married that October. We got married that October. And my life was just so beautiful and so full and so rich. And I'd actually been cast in a shelter production that I, I had to bow out of because, and they knew it. I was, I had, you know, I had gotten, um, I was gotten this really beautiful role in a production written by three writers uh, for the shelter. It was a new thing they were trying called cul-de-sac. And I was going to play opposite Megan Jones. I was utterly like, head over heels to do that, just adore that woman. And to have this opportunity to suddenly act as her partner, uh, wow. And then, but I had also, um, I had gotten an acting coach, not, it was a career acting coach, not like an acting coach, Dallas Travers, who now she doesn't uh, coach actors careers anymore. She coaches acting career coach teachers, which is great. But at that point she was doing a lot of career coaching for actors and, she helped me tremendously, as did uh, the artist's way, and then the other stuff that I was doing in my life. But, but so that summer, uh, long-winded way of saying, oh, I had to back out of the shelter production because uh, I had reached out to the public, and they invited me to audition for uh, Much Ado About Nothing, um, which Jack O'Brien was directing, and it was Hamish Schlinklater and Lily Robb, and it was this really like beautiful sort of Italian uh, take on Much Ado About Nothing, Italy in, in the first decade of the... 20th century and I got a call back and I got another call back and then I, they created this role for me Antonio who was the chef of the house and then I also got to play one of the watchmen but I had all this dialogue in Italian and, and I was involved I, I sort of led this uh the beginning of the show and it was such a beautiful experience and I and it was right around that time even though things were going so well for me and I was happy like I've I, I started having these really like massive transformations in how I viewed my acting career then. One of them is, you can just YouTube this. There's, there's a beautiful, I posted this so many times on my Facebook, Brian Cranston's advice to aspiring actors. It is the most beautiful thing. It's like, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a minute and a half long. I'll have to this check it out. Thing, 
he just talks about that for the longest time, every time he was going into audition rooms, it was similar to what you said. He, he was going into audition for a job. And then one day he realized that's not what I'm doing. Like when I'm going into an audition room, I'm going to do what I do. I act. Yeah. I'm going to be creative. That is it. If I could just focus on that and literally set aside all the other, what if this, what if that, what if it, what will this lead to? Oh, how would this look on my resume? Oh, this casting director, what's my relate? If I can set all that aside and just focus on getting my talents over in this room. And I was able to finally start doing that. It was very imperfect, but you know, he talks about that. That's when his acting career turned. And, but I had this whole other experience. It was right around, I think it was that year. It was, I was like 34, 35 that something in me, there was just this sort of same sort of guiding supernatural supernova force, like just like something so far gray that I can imagine. I, I let's call it God, because I call it God. In some days it could be something else. This voice was telling me inside, he was saying, you are going to find success as an actor. You are, it's not now. And it's not for a while. It's gonna be in your forties. I remember that. I remember I texted, I have the screenshot of the text because I texted my brother and sisters who were like excited for me and what could this lead? I'm like, yeah, I just want you to know uh, I, I'm, I, I'm excited for this journey. I'm going to keep auditioning and, and building myself and, and, and doing plays and theater. But I just, I don't know why. I just know that success and success is such a weird word because there's sort of, you know, there's so many, I feel like, I've, one of the things I decided to do during that time also is like, oh no, I am successful today. That's just right. who I am. I get to define my own success. But in terms of like being able to financially support myself, let's say maybe, and having um, a, a real visibility as this unique person that I am, you know, Spanish is my first language. I'm a little goofy. Um, I don't have a driver's license. I have this crazy memory. I love numbers. I can play roles in certain ways that like other people can't. And I'm, and I'm more of a character actor types. But in terms of having like visibility uh, as the person I am as an actor, I just knew that that type of success, I just started understanding, oh, that's, that's coming down the line and mm -hmm. just accept that. And not like barrel towards it and just sit on your, no, no, just trust that that's later. I don't know why it's, it's so weird. Like it's hard to explain, but I remember telling my friends that and they were like, Oh, and then I remember I told one friend and he was like, I would really like to know when that's going to be for me. And we laughed and, but I just sort of knew, Oh, my forties is when it's going to start happening. Mm -hmm. And again, I have, it's uncomplicated about that. Those terms it's happening. No, I, I, yeah. But for some of us who are trying to put a paycheck on the table, that is a real thing too. You know, we're just yeah. trying sometimes, and I, I, I don't focus on money in my acting career, but it's really amazing how when I've needed it, it's been there. Uh -huh. And then when I've needed work that has been fulfilling, whether somebody else was like, oh, are you sure you want to do that or not? It's been there, you know? It's, mm -hmm. it's crazy, you know? And then after my son was born, I'm like, wow, this is, this is really wild, like what's starting to happen because then I was like that thing that I never thought could happen, that I might stop waiting tables someday. We're not there yet, by the way. And that, well, I'm there because of the pandemic, and that's great. So I'm yeah. wondering, has that actually happened? It might. I, right. I don't know. I'm open to it. I'm open. I can't think, no, I'm definitely going to have to go back and wait tables when it's safe again. I don't know that that's true. Maybe I'll be okay if I don't. Maybe.
I don't want to be irresponsible, but I hear you. And that's, I think Mike, you know, Mike's making a big move here coming up. Yeah. Um, and I hope this told me at the be- after there, I think it will, but he told, he told me as this shut down, both me and him were at Ed's lobster bar that he was pretty sure he wasn't going to be going back there. Now yep. that doesn't mean like he's probably going to have to work sure. somewhere or maybe, you know, you never, you just never know. Maybe he'll find something else. Maybe there's yeah. so many different things. I told him the other day we were on a zoom call with Megan Jones and he was just, you know, I was like, Hey man, you might have a really sweet acting role waiting for you in California when you get yeah. there. Yeah. Sometimes I need to hear that because mm-hmm. I don't, I'll say for myself, like, it doesn't work so well if I'm like, oh, I got to make that materialize and manifest it. I, that's just me. Maybe some people. I, I don't, I'm not, manifesting stuff is not creating. I have a hard time it's with weird, that. It's weird though. It's weird though because you, like, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, I believe it and I don't. Sure. Like, it's sort of like if you can visualize it and let it go at the same time, then it comes somehow. Absolutely. I'm but not against it. I just think that for me personally, I can get me, it, it can, it can get me. A, it's a tricky, it, it, my life becomes a little, if, if it's me sort of like with my claws, right. and me in the vision and like really trying to specifically pan out what it looks like. I really am a believer that I actually, I get to visualize and want things and crave them and ask for them. And I'm almost always given them they just look really different than what I thought they would look like. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really wild. Um, and I, and that has happened. So yeah. Many times. This just happened with me um, and the public theater. Actually. Uh, they reached out to me on Friday to facilitate a conversation with Sahim Ali, who's Beautiful. directing He's, Richard the second. I have a crazy story about him, but please, I want to hear this. Yeah. But I mean, it's one of those things where I, am embracing that I'm a multi-hyphenate. The public theater is like a theater, like in all of New York, like there's shelters, one of them. Um, That's like my home base, Labyrinth Theater, um, the public and Playwrights Horizons. Those are my dreams. Like those are for me as an actor in New York, those are my personal Broadway. Now, I wouldn't be, Absolutely. I wouldn't turn down a Broadway gig. No, no, but I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. But like the public and like these <laughs> institutions, those are the ones that I revere personally. That's um, beautiful. Yeah. And so for them to reach out and for me to be able to have that conversation, it's not, and it's like one of those things where it's like, this isn't a role um, in one of their shows, but it's, uh, it's like, I don't know what it is, but it's like basically they're commissioning me to have a conversation with a director who I highly respect at an institution I highly respect. It's like a weird way where with in Sahim. my heart, yeah, with Sahim and so beautiful. And so it's like, it's really cool <laughs> because it's like I get to this platform that I've built to have these conversations. Like you hope, but it's like one of those things where I didn't make, I didn't make that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't make that happen, but in my head it is like, yeah, that's an institution I want to engage well, with. 
would you agree that another perspective is that in many ways you actually did make that happen because you 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 started absolutely care of yourself in ways that you maybe weren't able to before yes so that you've been open to yeah. this experience I, and that's interesting because i agree with you but yeah and i'll say the same thing and then somebody will be like no 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 make sure that and this is just my opinion take mm -hmm. it or leave it that we do actually we need to take credit for the work we've done now the results and the outcome i believe are out of my hands right but i but man we and some of us, <laughs> i know you for sure you you work you've been working really hard man and i'll tell you um because this goes back i think what we were talking about in the beginning is when i got that news and we had that conversation back and forth um super exciting just sort of like it's like those little mo like every those little things that happen along the way that you know like oh these are little moments and so while i was excited and everything a few hours after that and like processing it i had the same experience that you had with your kid within those first few hours where i had a very i went to a very dark place for a second of just like kind of how am i gonna mess this up and like what if i can't <laughs> like all of, like and it's oh, like yeah it's so weird and this happens like anytime i, I mean get the fact that story. you're able to talk about that it makes me so sad that there's people who aren't able even to talk, will have that experience and they can't even identify that that's what's going on mm -hmm. and that they might turn to some other tool whatever it is you know, yeah like and i think that that's it or just don't i'm a bad person it's like no like that's just such a human experience you know and that's, I think, for me, with like wanting to not drink anymore, and finally, like January, being like, I think I'm gonna really get more serious about this. Is like, I'd been over the last couple of years overall cutting back, but I'd still have like these wild nights from time to time, and then would be hungover. And it's basically like, for me, if I want to have a career as an artist to the level that I want it to have. And, and this gets into the same thing we're both talking about where it's like, yes, I want ideally like, I mean, ideally. Okay. Yeah. There's like these big out there dreams that are completely out of my control. Like it's like, it's not about being a movie star, a superstar or whatever illusory thing that is. But yeah, to be able to support myself as an artist, have some level of like recognition, but it's more just to be able to work with like people on a high level. Yeah. I feel for me that there's a part of my drinking that was about allowing myself to like be a little bit mediocre so that then yep. if things didn't work out, I had an excuse where I know I didn't try my best best versus like now it's like, no, I really, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing I'm not going to be here forever. And for everything that I'm proud of that I've done in the past, what if I actually showed up more? And so now that we've been in this pandemic and like that, I didn't get back to drinking during this time. I do Congrats. know, I don't know how the conversation is going to go coming up. But I know that 
I'm not going to be hung over for the conversation so that at least I can do my best and do my prep work and everything like that leading up to it. I'll be a better version of myself than I would have been a year ago. Cause I'm not going to allow myself to like not be the best version of myself on that day. You know? Yeah. And I mean, look at the, you have this beautiful podcast. How many of these have you done by the way? Uh, it's going to be coming up on a hundred soon. And it and has they, been did this start during the pandemic. No, this started like two years ago, this is beautiful. Um, but it's been and the pandemic has been about picking up the different things. So like yeah. I was grateful I was able to do Lear project and I wrote a play out of that. Amazing, um, man. And then I've been doing some consistent like classes, like acting classes during this time. I haven't been going to like, meetings like aa meetings as consistently um i did show up for my 90 day celebration um but i do have a sponsor um and yeah and so for me it's i've just been trying to show up consistently as best i can with the work and it's funny because the podcast was the one thing i was kind of not as consistent as i wanted to be for a while and it was just like over the last couple of weeks, like, all right, let me get back to this because sometimes it's like one person reaching out and saying like, Hey, I appreciate, I listen to this podcast. I appreciate it. Or, Hey, is there any way, you know, we could have a conversation for the podcast that kind of keeps me going. Um, so it's funny, like you said, like, I know that I could do better, but, it was, it is in the time where all of a sudden I'm getting back to it, where all of a sudden I get a message out of the blue to do this one with this institution that we both love. Yeah. You know, you know it's funny. You were reminding me of the, I think it's Nelson Mandela, the Nelson Mandela quote, the, and I'm butchering this quote, but that it's not our, our weaknesses and our failures that we're afraid of. It's, it's, it's actually success and our strength yeah. and, and the light we have to shine. That is so not even close to a literal translation of it, but that's the essence of it. I believe it's, yeah. you know, who are we not to, to actually, you know, be the best versions of myself. And, and I was just getting, I, I found out that uh, it's funny because you have this podcast and for years I've, I have a very specific idea of a podcast that I would like to create me and my wife talked and I, and I haven't done it and it's okay. It's like, I might do it. But, um, but uh, uh, this high school woman, who I wasn't close to her, but she passed away uh, yesterday morning and, and friends of mine from high school are, are really like grieving and it's, it's incredibly sad. She was 41 years old, I believe, or 42. And, and a friend of mine, Barry, who was a good friend of high school, he, he just sent me a, a really nice message that I appreciated because we were connecting about this woman and he said, um, he said, don't put anything off. Now is the time for us to make our mark and stay in that mode as long as possible. And I, boy, do I need that reminder every day. I, when this pandemic hit for me, um, I did know that the first two, three weeks, I just had to take care of my son, my wife, and myself. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Like, that just, that was the first. I couldn't just jump into, oh, my God, I got to make figure how I'm going to be. Not. No, I, I just, it was so nice to have that thought. Oh. Just take care of yourself. And then funny as well, when, when my son was born, the first six months, almost a year, 
it was also just be a dad, like just be a dad. Don't worry about your acting career. And I just trusted that. So, so the pandemic hit and I did that. And then I started doing some things. And the one thing that I'm the most proud of in terms of acting was that I started recording these daddy does Shakespeare videos with my son. I don't know if you've seen any of yeah. them. And it's just like, Oh my God, it was so beautiful. Like I'd strap him to me in the woven wrap we have, or I'd play with him with his toys. And I, I have some old Shakespearean monologues, a little we still memorized. Some of them I had to just revisit. And I would just do one take, maybe two, if there was like, uh, like a hiccup of some sort. But I just sort of like, you know, I, 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 there were loose ideas. Like I did the uh, Macbeth, is this a dagger which I see before me while I was shading? Because I want, okay, is this a dagger? Uh-huh. I wanted there to be like something. But um, I did a couple of Hamlet's, one, Hamlet ones and, and, and a Benedict and uh, Puck from Midsummer Night's Dream. And I just got to do that with my son and I have these videos. And I have a few more, but um, I kind of would like to get back to that. I've also just thought about maybe I could do some Hamilton with him now because I'm such, such, I'm, I love that show. I love it. Um, you didn't me and Laura are going to watch that tonight, actually. Oh, man. So is that, is that your first time seeing it? Yeah. Like, I've, I went in for it once. Of course. Um, I'm sure you did. And, yeah, it's like one of those things. Yeah, I... I'm so envious that you get to have... You're going to see the... It's so beautifully filmed. It is so beautifully filmed. I got to see it various mm-hmm. times. Did you see it, it at the public life. also? I did, and I, we tried the lottery at the public two or three times, didn't get in. In December, shortly after it had gone to Broadway, I don't know when it went to Broadway. I think it went to Broadway 2015. I think it had gone in July or August. I think August was like opening in July at one. And in December, we tried the lottery a few times, didn't. And the lottery wasn't even that crazy then. And then I, I don't think you knew this about me, I cracked all these bizarre codes on how to get affordable tickets. Now, when I say affordable, it's relative to what people were paying. It was insane what people were paying. Right. But I figured out this system of getting on StubHub at the very last minute, the last five minutes, because StubHub is a resale market. Mm -hmm. And so people, if they have tickets left over, they want to get something for them. So they'll drop the prices and drop them. And sometimes there was an abundance of Hamilton tickets left over that would go below face value. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew that. Literally nobody. People knew that it like was for concerts and sporting events, but I couldn't believe that I, I told everybody about it and they were like, oh my God, I didn't know. And I was, so I was sharing that with people. And then I, I was able to get tickets that way at various times with friends to see the show again for like reasonably priced. It's all relative. It was still a lot of money, but it, it's, it was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm happy you're going to get to see it on Disney+. Plus. I really want to hear what you think. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking yeah. forward to it. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, we're we're in this pandemic. It's, I I think what what's crazy for me is that some days I'm like, it's crazy that it's doesn't feel so crazy some days because this is just a crazy thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I mean, I think it's. Like there's definitely days where I'm where I am down about things, but overall, especially living in New York, where time is such a commodity that 
like time, like things really do like a New York minute. It's not just a phrase. Like when you are here, you experience time in a different way. So it's like, even the phrase time is money. You really understand it here. Like really we value time as much as we do money here. And actually I think we should value time more because it's the only non-renewable resource. My um, wife says that to me a lot. She's like, yeah. You know, the one resource we can't get back is Paco. Yeah. Time. And then sometimes I get really sad when she says that, but it's true. It's, it's so true. Like it's a hard pill to swallow, but like, but also, yeah, like I, that's like something, there's so many lessons I've learned just from living in New York, but that's one of them. Just my relationship, the way I value time is different than it was before. Just, you just see it differently. And so that being said, having right now an abundance of time. Yeah. I've tried to make the most of it, you know? Um, and you, you have this beautiful time with your son. What's your son's name again, by the way? Galileo. Galileo. Yeah. You, yeah. No pressure. Um, kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, my long-term bandmate, like she's been with my band almost the whole time so like almost 10 years now um she had a son a couple years ago they named their son orion oh yeah he's sleeping right now with me and they're taking a nap nice nice um that's really cool though the the shakespeare thing that you did because one it's a memory with you and your son um and also it's one of those things of those old monologues that you have. And that's like, that's an old monologue that you have. That's an old monologue, you know, hundreds of years old. Um, but doing them out loud regularly, like you get, it's just like everything else. You get something from doing it. Oh, I love it. I love them. I learned about Shakespeare through this old, uh, not old, this collection my mom had given me before I went to college to major in acting and I started reading a lot of his plays and I'd never really paid attention in high school but I suddenly fell in love with his plays in like 1995, 96, 97. Um, and, and just for me it was the, the idea because you, you heard a lot, oh, don't do this monologue, everybody does it, don't do that monologue. And, but I really fell in love with the idea how about I do this monologue and I do it in ways that nobody would ever think to do it. Not like that don't serve the text, right. but really bring myself to it and leave everything else and have fun with that. And mm-hmm. that, and it was, for me, that was like very beneficial. It, it, it yeah, it was, uh, and it still is sometimes, you know, but, it, yeah. but to have fun with my son. Oh man. It's just <laughs> such a joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Speaking of the public, I was, uh, I think, uh, you know, I was slated to, and this is on hold, uh, to do Cymbeline with them for Mobile Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, and that's on hold along with everything else. But it's really cool that from what all they're saying, it's like that will be the next thing on the mm-hmm. Mobile Shakespeare sort of docket. Uh, when theaters open up again. I, I feel like I, it's another saying it'll be fall. I feel like now it's definitely going to be spring. I actually mentioned you 
um, on a telephone call. With, oh, beautiful. With yeah. Who? Uh, it was with um, Emily over there. Oh, great. Um, and uh, yeah, like, because also this past week, um, two shelter artists also were were I mentioned and named in Emerging Writers, which is really yeah. cool. Um, it's uh, Jacob, Marks Rice, and, and Aya Aziz, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, and then my friend Ying Ying Lee also is in the Emerging Writers group. Nice. She's a mom. So that's yeah. like, look her up. She's amazing. She has a, her son is older than ours. I think her son is like two and a half, but it just gives me like to see another mom parent be doing this and have these successes is, oh, that's so. And it's just really cool. Like one of the things over the last couple of years so it's like you said, like shelter is one of your main communities. The other thing is like I'm part of like there's Jen Waldman studio, which I've got great benefit from. She's an amazing teacher. It's an amazing community. And it's just sort of, I feel like when you approach the work from a community minded place, like I've just found all these other communities and then all of a sudden big old New York, it's a really small world. Like it really is just like anywhere else. Um, Crazy. You want to hear a funny story about Sahim, by the way, real quick? Before I met him, he contacted me to try and get a hold of Macon because he found her credit card at a coffee shop. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, it was really, it's such a bizarre connection. And it was also just this really sweet, like New Yorker, whatever other, other people do it too. But I feel like it's like such a New York story. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, I, I think you're the husband of this woman. And I tried to contact her and it went, but I had seen the message and Macon hadn't and, or maybe he contacted her. I don't know. But I remember I was the one who picked it up from him. And then he was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the, uh, forget, was managing artistic director at the time of the public. I believe I might have that term wrong. And we got to talk. And then me and him got to have a really, really lovely conversation later when I was deciding whether I should play this role for a nylon fusion show that I really wanted to play. But I wanted to know if it was, if it was problematic um, because it was a, a, a Syrian refugee. And, you know, and I wanted to talk to him about him, him being of Middle Eastern descent. And I reached out to another friend and it was, uh, it was perfect. We had a great conversation and, and, and luckily it, it had felt right for me, but I wanted to sort of bounce it off to some people. Yeah. And that led to playing this role, Tariq, which we're actually then trying to now turn into a short film, but now we have to wait for the pandemic to be over like everybody else does. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what are you what are you kind of looking forward to in the coming months? I mean, yeah, for you, I think it's like one of those things. Again, it's a blessing. Like you have your son, so it's like you have that. You you have like like this is like the formative like the form formidable? Not formidable. You know the word I'm thinking of. The like form not formidable. I guess, is it formidable years? Formative. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you, you know, have... I'm looking forward. I, I've, I've, I've had this, I have like a terror surrounding this and a fear. And I'm looking forward to seeing how scary it will actually be that 
if and when daddy books a gig where he has to be gone for a substantial amount of time, like a week or two weeks or maybe more, what that will be like for my son, for my wife and me. Because mm -hmm. we've only really known all being together. Like he's 18 months old and I've never, I don't think either me or Megan have ever been away from the family for a night. It's just the way our lives have been this first, certainly not during the pandemic, obviously. And I don't think before that we traveled, we actually traveled a lot with him this first year. He got to go to Hawaii, which was amazing. He got to go to uh, Washington State where Macon's family is from, San Francisco, uh, um, Sleepy Hollow, a uh, lot of places, um, Washington, D.C., yeah, it's been, he's, we've traveled a lot with him, but then now we're not. And, uh, oh, we had to go to Chicago and Michigan at the beginning of this year. Um, yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm excited for like, what does the future look like, given everything going on in terms, if you're asking in terms of my acting career, what does it look like for my family, for my wife, for me, for my son, for us, and how we adjust and embrace it scary as it may be sometimes mm -hmm. it's scary but there's also this excitement that uh, i have that i i can honestly say i didn't have before he was born where i'm my fears sometimes aren't just fears there's other stuff going on there too there's excitement and it's good to recognize that you know yeah uh, and i yeah. think that's going back to the beginning like talking about how we're doing and doing okay during this time it's like with everything going on, with the pandemic, with the uprisings, with the turmoil. Yeah. It's like while turmoil is loud, while it's um, crazy, while it's uncertain in a lot of ways, it's also a great opportunity for change. Oh. And I know like how, I know me and you share pretty similar ideological I, I, yeah I, I there's often when i just want to just and i have i just want to reach out like did you see that what's going on with that or you know it's just mm -hmm. funny um, and i just hope now so like with all those like concerns it's like yeah we as artists we as like people in this country we need to make this world and this country more humane for its people like there's Absolutely. no reason like that this country can't take care of its people better than it has in the past. Yeah. And just to, to be able to have access and basic like human rights to like everybody. But yeah, yeah. I, I think we're saying the same thing. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's a, cra it's a crazy time. It is a, yeah, I don't know. I, I am like, in terms of our country, I'm worried about the immediate future. I'm worried mm -hmm. about November. Yeah. I'm worried about, we know that this sick, horrible human being is not going to go peacefully. We know that. Assuming that that's the way the outcome turns. And Newsweek published an article about how he could actually, uh, through yeah. going through all the loopholes of like the Supreme Court justices and all that in Congress, even lose the electoral vote and remain. But I'm actually, that's the most concerning time in my life for me is going to be for this country is November, December, and January. The hopeful, hopefully the transition of power. And then also like, yeah, 
because I feel like we've been on the brink of, you know, clearly so much has been simmered for so long. Yeah. And, and I'm so grateful that so much of it is finally coming out. And, and, but it's like, it's crazy. Yep. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I, no, I was going to say like something really silly, like the weather or I don't know. Uh, also, um, where's the best place for people to like, keep up with you? Uh, I, I, social media, Instagram, really Facebook. Um, I, I do a terrible job of updating my actor webpage. I, I should do that. And I don't really do Twitter. I What's think. your Instagram handle? Puerto Paco, like Puerto Rico, but Puerto Paco. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born in Puerto Rico. Um, thanks Alec. Um, yeah, and no. is that, are there Shakespeare pieces up there too? They're, they're, they're not on my, they're on my Facebook. Okay. Um, and I believe those are public, even if somebody's not friends with them. I think mm-hmm. I made them public. I did because people wanted to share them. So, yeah, those are on there. But I, I'm usually, if I know people through somebody, I accept Facebook friend requests for the yeah, most part. Yeah, me too. Me too. For the most part. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I hope, we get, I hope I can see you in person. So you're in Bushwick? Yes, I am. Where so, in Bushwick? Um, I'm, I'm, like, I'm on Melrose between Knickerbocker and Wilson. Oh, so, beautiful! Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, um, we'll see what's, we'll see what the situation is. But my birthday, I'll probably have some people birthday? over. It's uh, the twenty third. We have a small backyard, so, um, yeah. Beautiful. You know. Well, cool, man. When's your birthday, by the way? October fourth. I'm a Libra. Okay. Nice. You so are. Uh, I'm on the cusp. And people say that's not a thing, but really some things. Yeah. Of Leo and Virgo. Leo and Virgo. Yeah. Wow. So. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Libra. My my wife's a Libra too. Love it. I've met your wife. Yeah. I met her at, uh, it was, uh, at the, uh, uh, what's the name of the place on 23rd street where we did, uh, the barbecue place yeah. uh, i can't remember okay. the name of yes okay. yeah please give her my best and i love that you guys are thinking about talking about kids i just, just i without pressure I, I went to one thing i just real quick i'll share with you when we were unsure we went to this birthing event where it wasn't like we're not trying to convince people to have kids at all we're just trying to get people together so they can talk about the things that maybe they think are not okay to talk about like if you absolutely don't want to get, have kids come and talk about that if you think you might but you're terrified come and talk about that if you're worried because, and it was like such a wide range of people and it was really helpful for us. Something nice. like that, you know, um, but yeah. Cool. I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's good to see you. Uh, to give see my you. love to Macon and I will. Thank Galileo. You so much. I will. Thank you so much, Alec, for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here, man. I got mad respect for you. Um, the feeling yeah, you. you were like, when I walked in there, just so you know, as far as, actors you were like somebody who i like it's like the your heart shines through in the work um but just you and mike definitely had a big influence on me um 
in a lot of ways about just my path forward from from the first time going in there and seeing seeing the work um i really respect your work and just yeah man i love you you, respect you i love you too thank Um, you for saying that and thanks for having me on this beautiful show thank you brother have a beautiful we'll talk soon you too peace all right so one more little soapbox thing they say that you are the product of the five people you spend the most time around with so make sure that you are spending time with people that are lifting you up paco thank you the links are in the show notes to check out what paco's up to um and if this show and these conversations are lifting you up then please please subscribe rate review share send me a smoke signal however you communicate uh we got pigeons in brooklyn send me a pigeon carrier pigeon you know i'm a lover of animals um thank you very much for listening Uh, i hope you know that you are a part of a community um your local community the global community um and this thing called life so thank you very much for spending your time your precious time listening to me um for a few minutes I appreciate you. I'll be back here on Monday. Until then, take care and elevate. Peace. Peace.